yeah, yeah. When Adam told us to make yeah, the, the Taskmaster yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Where I said, where I said the Colts wouldn't lose again and go on and win the Super Bowl, and they've that's lost Mark. both games since and are out. That's <laughs> Mark, <boy. laughs> Premium. That's what you get, ladies and gents. <laughs> I, I enjoy, I enjoyed that so much. It's good, that's so. good quality content right there. <laughs> Bye. Welcome to. Well, the end of the regular season. This is the Long Snapper podcast. I am Adam. Pat's with me. Hi, Pat. Hello. My regular season ended in October. Oh, <laughs> Pat. Um, Rich is here. His regular season is, well, everyone's regular season's over. Um, his season <laughs> is still alive. How are you, Rich? Yeah, my regular season went right to the end of the regular season. I'm pretty good, thanks, mate. <laughs> Same as everyone's. Uh, Craig's here. Hi, Craig. You all right? Hello, mate. Yeah, my regular season's over too. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Mark, whose regular season is also over. Yeah, my regular season's over too. <laughs> <laughs> what a prick. <laughs> could, could you sound more smug? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, think, I, I think, though, there's there's games next weekend, Craig. I don't know about you. <laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't know about those. No, <laughs> no, 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 you, no, wouldn't, no. you wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> oh, we are going to be well. Three of us at least are going to be unbearable. For that, I don't apologise. <laughs> I mean, ironically, I'm the happiest I've been all season. So, uh... <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> it must have been happy. Just like maybe the first drive of week one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Craig's just happy days. the season's over. Yeah, happy is happy with got that out of the way. <laughs> Well, like we've got out of that one just about. Let's let's wrap that up. Lovely. And I'm already job. I'm already looking forward to your your preseason the preseason pod next week where we think those Jets yeah. they can get eight <laughs> or nine wins next season. This is the one. They're looking good. That's it. Eight or nine next season. Exactly where we're at every season. <laughs> <laughs> right. I promise you. That's the end of the Jets chat for this episode. <laughs> We've got a lot to get to in a good way. Um, obviously, though, we will start with a quiz. Um, it's over to you, Rich Newnham. Yeah, I thought I'd do something that should probably get us through it pretty quickly. Uh, and to celebrate um, more NFC North coach firings and the fact that Aaron Rodgers has outlasted so, so many coaches in that division... Uh, and also in, I don't know, not in remembrance because it hasn't happened yet, but him leaving the Green Bay Packers at the end of the uh, their playoff run for probably the Broncos, I'm guessing, somewhere like that. Uh, I thought I would do a quiz where we'll just take it in turns to name NFC North head coaches that Aaron Rodgers has outlasted. So they have to at least have been coaching when he first joined the Packers. And have been fired since. So it shouldn't last too long. So they have um, to have been fired. I assume they most, have... most head coaches end up being fired, don't they? But... Wait, they have to be where? In the in the NFC North. Oh fucking hell, Rich. So <laughs> that's four teams okay. Let's... Yep. Four teams, all the head coaches that he has outlasted. Okay. Um Love and How given... many names are on the list? Just It's actually only nineteen. Okay. And that includes I'm... interim head coaches, which I will allow, if you can name any. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and handily, because Craig's yelled at me over the rules already, I know he's been paying attention. Um, <laughs> we will start 
top left on my screen with Adam. All right, uh, let's go with Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell is absolutely on the list. Pat, you are next. Um, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is, of course, on the list. Craig. Schwartz. Jeff, Schwartz, not Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Jeff, Schwartz. <laughs> wrong Schwartz. Brother, he also got fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Who have you got? Um, am, am I allowed to say Matt Nagy? Are we going with that you one? You are allowed to say Nagy because he is gone. Oof, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, back to Adam. Uh, Wait, surely this should snake? No, I'm just going to keep going around in circles. Yeah, fuck you, Craig. <laughs> Does that naturally favour the person who goes first? It's well, in that there's only, yeah, there's only... they also have to name someone earlier. Huh? Craig, it's a, qu- Craig it's a quiz from the British NFL like, <laughs> podcast. Let's not worry too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that because you're not last. <laughs> it should definitely snake. There's only so many coaches. Craig, when you do your Super Bowl quiz, <laughs> do, a do, snake. You like. you do a snake. Um, it's my go, right? Uh, Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier is indeed on the list. Pat, you're up next. How about Lovey Smith? Lovey Smith oh, is shall. on the list. That's a good one. Craig, you are third but not last, despite your shouting. Zimmerman. Yep, Zimmerman is in there as well. Mark. Matt Patricia. Excellent call. Patricia is on the list if I can find him. Uh, Adam? Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur? Still employed. And Adam is oh, out. Hang on. There's... What? Sacked I, I, outlasted. Outlasted Sacked Adam. Oh, I do I enjoy Matt... Adam being the first one out because he's not listened to the rules. <laughs> Irony. All right, Pat. John Fox. Is correct. Greg? Singletary. Uh, do you not see him on the list, mate? Has he ever. I, don't mean, I believe... assume you mean the Bears. Yeah, I do mean the Bears. I don't think he was head coach there, was he? No. no. All right, Craig's out. Mark, who have you got? At least Craig's out for a legitimate reason. <laughs> oh, you? But you didn't listen to the rules. You, you gave an incorrect answer. Adam. Um, has, has anyone said John Fox yet? Yeah, me just now. Yes. Yes. So you're out. So Mark's out as well. So Pat wins. <laughs> hmm. I didn't think you'd enforce that, but I was absolutely. <laughs> Seems harsh. Yeah. Can't name the same person twice. Well, I didn't. I asked if anyone that? said it. Did he cover that? <laughs> Thought we'd keep it quick. Keep it uh, quick. Keep it quick. Nice. Keep it quick. <laughs> Pat wins by paying good, attention. Good, good work, Pat. <laughs> Would Daryl Bevel have counted? Because he was my next answer. Uh, he is, I think, on the list. Yes. Who yes. else is on the list? Uh, so we've got Brad Childress, Daryl Bevel, Dick Duron. <clears throat> uh, Mike Sherman, Mike Tice, 
Robert Prince, Rod Marinelli, and Steve Marici. Mariucci's the only one I might have got. The rest of them never get. Mariucci <laughs> seems so long ago. Yeah, it does. It, it was. He was only there in Roger's first season. Wow. <laughs> and then he got fired. After, I think, I think I read he got three winning seasons in a row and then got fired in that one season where they didn't get a winning record. Which seems a little harsh. Yeah. Oh, well, well done, Rich. And it was nice and snappy. Yes. The most important thing in this quiz. What we really wanted. Um, All right, let's review some Week 18 games before we get into some more more detail. Um, Well, let's just get straight into it without further ado and go to Kansas City 28, Denver 24. When Kansas City looked good, they looked damn good. Rhythm seems to be coming back and good in patches against a tough defence. Great way to head into the playoffs if you ask me. Dallas 51, Philadelphia 26. Prescott throws a career-high five touchdowns against the Eagles' backups. Green Bay 30, Detroit 37. The immediate future looks brighter for Green Bay by far, but the long-term future is much less certain judging by this performance from Love and the progress the Lions have made this season. Indianapolis 11, Jacksonville 26. Straightforward winning in for the Colts. Nothing went wrong for them in a stadium full of people dressed as clowns. Heck, what? what? (laughs) (laughs) Tennessee 28, Houston 25. The Texans head into the playoffs with the one seed, having escaped a second half. Sorry, sorry, Mark. Let's start that again. The Titans (laughs) head into the playoffs. (laughs) This is without question the worst thing we've ever done. Was that not intentional? (laughs) <laughs> oh, that would have been lovely if it was intentional. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid not. The Titans head into the playoffs with the one seed having escaped a second half. Texans fight back. <laughs> Actually, the fact intention, the fact it wasn't intentional, definitely makes it worse. Yes. Um, Greg Jennings has done that on the on television, so I won't worry <laughs> about it. Um, Washington 22, New York Giants 7. This game lived up to all the hype it was given. <laughs> Chicago 17, Minnesota 31. Minnesota and Chicago play out a dead rubber with both coaches meeting their end in this year's Black Monday. Feel both franchises are as appealing as either have been for a decade. Great jobs for a new coach. Pittsburgh 16, Baltimore 13. Big Ben delays his retirement by a week at least as they squeak past Baltimore and somehow into the playoffs. Cincinnati 16, Cleveland 21. Both teams started their second string quarterbacks in this game and that tells you everything you need to know. Carolina 17, Tampa Bay 41. After the Panthers turned the ball over on downs on the one-yard line to go up by two touchdowns, the Bucks never let them have another chance. An absolute boat racing. Seattle 38, Arizona 30. No consistency in the NFL this year for a lot of teams. And the Cardinals are definitely in that bracket. What they give some of their early season form back as they limp into the playoffs. New Orleans 30, Atlanta 20. As Ross predicted last week, a poor Atlanta team was helpless to stop the Saints win. Now could the Rams do them a favour to bump them into the playoffs ahead of the Niners? San Francisco 27, LA Rams 24. What a comeback from the Niners. Whose house? (laughs) (laughs) New England 24, Miami 33. 
New England lose this battle having already signed up the division. Flores ends an eight-game winning streak with the forever underperforming Dolphins. Hoping he gets a chance at a Vikings or a Bears, as mentioned earlier. Might be wishful thinking as everything remains all white in the NFL. Did you just say that they'd already sewn up the division? Well, New England won the NFC. No, they didn't. They AFC. no, no, no. I can tell you. Oh, yeah, of course, yes. I may fix this in the one sentence preview that's a, one sentence review that's about to happen. New York Jets 10, <laughs> Buffalo 27. Buffalo's so up the division. <laughs> it was always going to be the Bills versus Pats in the wild card, wasn't it? But Buffalo made sure it would be at home in some football weather. <laughs> <laughs> Solid work. <laughs> Finally, LA Chargers 32, Las Vegas 35. Absolutely crazy back and forth slobber knocker in which we were all denied the draw we wanted and forced to endure some Steelers postseason football. God damn it, Staley. <laughs> I mean, you, you could blame them. You could also blame the Jags for knocking the Colts out for the fact that the, the Steelers made it. Um, we're going to come to this. We're going to come to this. I think despite the chronology of all of this, we have to start with that. Chargers Raiders absolute barnstormer on Sunday night football. Um, it it was winning in. Uh, it was potentially tie, and they both got in. Can we start there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this feels like getting to the end of the movie, but I get it. I mean, uh, if uh, if, no, you're, no, if you're listening I'm... to this, and this is the way you find out. Um, <laughs> Spo- spoiler alert. <laughs> Firstly, we've just read out all the scores. <laughs> we even got some of the teams right. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Imagine if that's how you consume your NFL. Um, sh- shall I watch Red Zone? Shall I watch the game? No, no. I'm going to wait for the long snapper <laughs> podcast to bring it to me with all the suspense. To fudge the reviews. <laughs> anyone, anyone that's listening to this who watched the games now doesn't know what the scores were. Uh, imagine if, if, if you did that and you were a Pats fan. For a moment there, you thought you'd won the division. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Texans fans were very excited. Yeah. Oh, how, how did we get the number one seed? <laughs> easy come, easy go. <laughs> Davis Mills really was better than I thought. <laughs> uh, oh, shoot. And funny, funny enough, Rich argued this earlier. Should we start? Yeah, we're going to start. I, I, I was, yeah, start. fine. Yeah, I'm telling shit. That was unbelievable. <laughs> um, I mean, this is all thrown together anyway, let's let's be honest. Uh, but what, what a, a crazy, an absolutely bonkers game. It's everything you could ever want for that that kind of outcome and um, i want to i want to talk about this tie thing first and, and kind of before we talk about the game itself now i didn't really give it any credibility and it was it was only i think only a possibility because the the colts lost um, but yeah, I, it, right. it could have happened some, something similar anyway but um that that was the case that both teams knew that a tie would send them both through now this there's a couple of things I mean, firstly, I wouldn't believe that any NFL coached team to any any level would actually entertain that. Secondly, this is one of the benefits of having just divisional games for the final week, which was one of the best moves. They one fucking of the best hate things. each other. Absolutely, <laughs> they do. And one of the best things the NFL has ever done in, in doing that. Um, 
But also, I I had this impression. Now it, it looked for a while there was it was a twelve point game at one point I think, and they well a team went for two. The, the I can't remember who was ahead. They went for two and didn't get it. And Michaels and Collinsworth suddenly going, oh, it's probably not going to be a tie now. Um, and then sort of <laughs> everything all fell apart again. And it was. Um, it went to overtime. Now, had that kick been had the uh, uh, who missed the kick at the end? Um, had the kick been missed rather than made? Sorry, the Raiders missed that kick. It would have been a tie, and it would have been so weird to so, both teams celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> yes. but the fact that the Chargers called that timeout, didn't they? Which could have put the nail in their coffin. But I, I, I just had this impression that there was so much chat about the tie in the first place that actually the Chargers and both teams possibly but the Chargers in particular went out of their way to make sure they'd never be accused of that kind of thing to the point where it hurt their chances of making the playoffs and and I think just because that was that was in the coaching staff's head the thing with the timeout but not just that the way they kind of played the overtime both teams should have sat back and taken the tie once it not initially in the game but once it got to that stage both their best shot was to let that game peter out. But Especially they didn't when both it. teams have got a field goal as well, you kind of think just let's just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. I think that um you, I think you're right. I think that all of the NFL media leading up to the game made this whole wow, imagine if this finishes on a tie thing and it became a storyline, it became a point of discussion. However, and obviously, I went into the game thinking, "Oh, how does that look?" Because how do you even how does that even look in NFL? Within ten minutes, that was completely erased from my mind. There was the yeah, yeah. Austin Eckler play where it got battered in the air, went down, and then Austin Eckler carried it in the game. You know, if you was playing not to win, you know, you would have seen a hundred runs on each team and whatnot. It was it was the most it was it was it was an unbelievable game. It's the only game that sport can write. It was like one of those things that you just you get and we'll watch a you know a 30 for 30 about it at some point um but i thought you i think that initially within that first quarter both teams proved that they were not subscribed to that mandate of playing for a, <clears throat> a draw um but i don't i don't think it impacted the decisions late i think that the timeout probably should, should have been taken earlier. But I think it's a very unique situation, right? And you would hope that you prepare for that. But it was a very unique situation when you're having to make decisions. And I just think that timeout should have been taken much earlier. That's the criticism. Not so much taking the timeout. Um, but fucking mental, mate. Mental. To think, have to, Draws in the NFL are non-existent in general. So for it to be so talked about and so uh, definitive, mad. I mean, as you know, I was rooting for the draw. Um, said it on as much on last week's show, not expecting it would be relevant because we had to beat the Colts and we were never going to beat the Colts. It turns out less unlikely than I thought. Um, and that final drive, I kind of realised if you're the Raiders here, you've got like three minutes to get down there, score a field goal and win it. And who would you rather face in the playoffs potentially? Would you rather face the Steelers or would you rather face this lot again who you've just had to slog your guts out for 80 minutes to just scrape past by a single field goal. Obviously, you'd rather play the Steelers, so I can see why they went for it towards the end, but I do think you're right that it was that last time out that gave them the opportunity to take that little bit extra risk to get into field goal range. I also think you always want to knock out your division rivals. 
that that's that's always got to be key right you hate these guys yeah but at the expense of yourself that's this is this is what i mean it, it but actually i don't the coach the the Chargers coaching. I mean, it, we. I think it was when I was when I was away. You talked about that game where they kept they went for it on sort of fourth and six instead of kicking a field goal, and you're sort of looking at it like, what are you doing? Um, they had a a fourth down in the, like deep in their own territory that they went 19, for it. 18, 18, 18 yard line. Um, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd I'd question that ahead <laughs> of any timeouts later on. Yeah, because it was only three points in the scores at that point. It was fourteen seventeen. So. But they've been like that all season. It was exacerbated in this game, I think. But it's um, and it'll be interesting to see whether Staley stubbornly sticks to his guns or whether he learns from it, because that will make a massive difference into whether they can progress or not as a franchise. There's an element of this game shouldn't have mattered from that perspective in terms of the game management that they've had, as Pat alluded to, at the num probably three or four games this season where they've lost games because of time management issues that has cost them i think more than this result you shouldn't if you're the chargers you shouldn't have gone into this game needing to worry about whether you were going to make it in or not mm. i mean I, I think that's fair um i think in the game like that the the the, the fourth down adam you were talking about on their own 18 i at first when i watched it i did think madness what are you doing like if anything they're you you, it looked like your game plan work was working. Like both teams seemed to be playing well. It didn't. It didn't require that type of call. However, in hindsight, I was considering it sort of later in the game, and you think actually at that point, you, you turn the ball over there, or you know, you, you you don't make it, and you you fancy your defense to hold early, only give up three, and effectively give yourself an extra possession, and then the benefit is you extend that drive. I'm not saying it's a call I'd make, but there's I can see the argument to it. If you've gone in with this hyper-aggressive view and think, you know, I back my defence and I back my quarterback. I, I don't hate systems. it. I hate, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I think if you, you know, if you if you can rationalise it in that way, um, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, no, I, no problem. And as I you dis- said, it's I just it's no it's no one, different but... to, it's no different to how they've been all season. So exactly. At least, they, were, at least they weren't changing for this game. They were. Yeah. They were just doing what they do. I... And the thing is, you thought you say like even to that point, there was um they'd still managed to be competitive, stay in the game. They give that awful interception in the um, fourth, a horrible pass after Herbert had played the game. <clears throat> And at this point, you think Askew had any real hope, hope of a fight back? I think they even say it in the in the um, commentary. You know, the, the game was done. Uh, but then he drives down the field, does the business, gets the touchdown, gets two point conversion. Then there's all the fourth downs made. I mean, yeah. m- m- madness, absolute madness. I personally don't remember a game seeing that many fourth downs picked up. In consecutive, consecutively needed for a drive. Yeah, that that it drive was... is just incredible to watch, wasn't it? I mean, like it just like convert convert the odd second down pass, <laughs> you know, or third down pass. No, no, don't bother yeah. with that. Every single fourth and ten, they've got like about ten of them. Like, come on. And that touchdown on fourth and twenty-one, it reminded me of the um, hail mary from the other year, where the defenders just if we just stand behind him and let him catch it. That's all right, isn't it? Oh no, wait! Yeah, it's it got a touchdown. <laughs> it was yeah, the, it was the DBs played that one so bizarrely, but 
Demar- the Chargers a few years ago that conceded like a first down? It was like fourth and 29. And I think that was in the playoffs. And the other team ran a draw play. <laughs> they let them get it. And it, co- it cost them big. I think that was the Chargers. Yeah. But, I, I Going back to that early call at their own 18-yard line, <clears throat> I get what Craig's saying about that. But at the same time, you've not had a massively high scoring game. It's 14, 17. It's not like every possession counts. You need to score points in every possession at this point. It felt like that later on, but not right here. And that's where I feel like I like coaches going for it, but I think there's got to be a certain amount of balance and handing potentially if they'd scored a touchdown, you're handing so much momentum to the opposition. Fortunately for them, it's only a field goal, but Maybe it's just young, rash coach, and he'll, like you say, learn from it. But it was one of the few, it's one of the few crazy decisions that I've seen from them this year where it's just head scratching and they're not learning but, from that head scratchingness. But, 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 you, but you say that, you say that, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm inclined to agree with you. I love, I love aggressive football, but I don't make that call in that position. But you say that. I, we've just said, I've just said, I've never seen that many fourth downs made in, in in a row. Well, maybe part of that is because he's played the whole season where fourth down is any other down, guys. We play football on fourth down. It does not mean you're coming off the field. It, you, as a football player, you get ingrained. Nobody goes for it on fourth. You get it a, you get it a lot more, obviously, in lower leagues and, and brick ball or whatever. But in the NFL, going for it on fourth down, just not done. You charge off the field. So if you're talking about you know, those small changes that build culture. And he spent this whole year saying, listen, when the situation of football, you're going to have to change your view of how we do it because on fourth, we may go for it. So I'm going to need everyone locked in. I'm going to need everyone being really clear on the playbook and, and, and what we can do in situations. And it effectively is paid off because multiple four styles made, a lot of composure in big, massive moments, big catches, his best plays. He, there was times where he played bad football. That pit interception in the fourth, you, you, I, I was killing him. I was killing him. And then he's come back and, you know, you, you credit where credit's due. That I, 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 as we know, I am no Chargers fan, but it's an exciting team. I, I do like the coach. I, like, I, I, I appreciate, you know, having a philosophy and sticking to it and being willing to do the work to see it work. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree that, the aggression is fun to watch, particularly when you don't have any particular, like you're, you're a neutral, you can sort of enjoy it and just be like, holy shit, I can't believe they went for it and then didn't make it. Um, at the same time, I've seen stuff from Shanahan, who's the opposite. He's overly cautious and he's learned to be more aggressive the last season or two. And so I think there's just maybe an element of reining it back in a little bit. Like I agree with you. It's great to have coaches who are, want to be aggressive on fourth down and do want to go for it um but i do think there's an element of it just not always being the smartest decision pat, and it has... were you, pat you were about to say something oh I, I was about to say you know craig said a lot of teams don't go for it on fourth down as we learned from the giants this week some teams don't go for it on third down so it could be worse <laughs> <laughs> craig do you reckon phil rivers would have got the draw <laughs> phil rivers is never he's never can you imagine Never in his life. If you see, did you see how Herbert part? It must be lovely for Chargers fans. Look at him throw. I, I, I give him that. He's a he's got a pretty ball. He has got a pretty spiral. That boy. 
Um, much better, much better than whatever that was, was going on for the last 15 years. What a joke. That's, back, the, that's, the, that's the ultimate payback, isn't it? You put up with Phil Rivers <laughs> slinging it around and suddenly you get this in return for putting up with it. They did. They do deserve it, those fans. <laughs> uh, the, the, well, just, just a quick last word on the the coaching and the fourth down situations. Uh, you, you either die by being having the, the balls to go for it or you're looking at analytics and making decisions based on likely outcomes. Uh, you can't like a combination of both doesn't necessarily always work. That that field goal that they didn't kick when it was I think fourth and goal from the six or the seven, like the analytics won't that they won't say go for it there. They might say go for it from the two, but the chances of that play from the six or seven aren't high at all. Going for it on your own eighteen, okay, you it's fourth and one. You might well get it, but the cost of not getting it is severe. Um, hence you likely punt the ball away, and it's it's. It's all of these other things. I just don't think they're getting, they've been getting it right. Um, while I admire taking risks, um, you've got to kind of weigh them all up. Um, yeah, and... the problem with it all is, is it doesn't take into account the circumstance you're currently in, right? It just looks at history and goes, okay, so in this sort of situation, if you punt, you've got a 35% win chance. If you go for it and succeed, you've got a 38% win chance. So obviously we go for it because we've got a slightly higher win chance there. But that doesn't take into account weather conditions. It doesn't take into account how the defence is playing and how the offence is playing and the flow of the game. And it can't because it can't know that. So you're better off having a coach who weighs it up and is instinctive and judges it. Humans are always going to be better at making those sorts of decisions and algorithms. And if you slavishly obey the algorithm, this sort of mistake is going to happen. I mean, I've done, I don't, I've, yeah, I'm not even sure the ag- algorithms would have backed up <laughs> some of those. No, decisions. this That's is all, I mean, this but... is all, I think all of this was coach. I think all of the. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. That's, I mean, game of the week there. Um, there were plenty of others. I mean, it was, it was an incredible Sunday to finish the season. Um, Rich, your Niners left it late, shall we say? <laughs> um, I mean, it, it was, it was quite. Yeah, it was fantastic to watch that as a neutral. Where you know, <laughs> honestly, John Lynch I, stood I feel, there. I feel like I became like a qu- game. I feel like um, I became a quasi Niners fan for the last like five <laughs> minutes of that game. I think we all did. It was it no, was weird. <laughs> it was weird getting like positive come on Niners messages on the WhatsApp rather than just <laughs> fuck you guys. Until Jimmy <laughs> threw that interception at Jalen Ramsey. Uh, oh, come on, Jimmy. <laughs> but, then, yeah. but then he had a chance to make amends and didn't he and make Jimmy amends. Just... We yeah. got everything about Jimmy G in this game. We got bad when injured. We got inexplicable mistakes and we got bounces back in his clutch when he needs to be on, on key drives. It was, it's exactly everything that I love and hate about him all in one game. Jimmy G is Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is Jimmy G. (laughs) I think Matt Stafford's got a better deep ball than Jimmy G. (laughs) But yes, generally. What a worse job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's Um, he's much more handsome. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Uh, But yeah, it was, if you told me that Raiders Chargers was going to be an even more exciting game, before it happened, I'd have told you you were fucking mad because this was absolutely bonkers. I mean, I, I genuinely at seventeen nothing down, I was throwing things around my lounge and just, I, you've what, got very little you... belief left at that point. That's the moment, second biggest so... comeback win of the season. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't just the initial margin. It was the manner of it towards the end, where they had what fourth and like really long. 
at like the <laughs> other the wrong side of the two minute warning. Um, and but if you didn't have your timeouts, you'd have had to go for it and probably wouldn't have got it. But you punt the you punt the ball away in that situation, thinking that might be the last time you have the ball. Um, but the defense gets it done, and he has what less than a minute with no timeouts. The length of the field, I mean, I, that's phenomenal. We, yeah, that was just after the Von Miller sack, wasn't it? When he got to the quarterback in about 0.8 of a second, it was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's pretty good, that guy. Uh, but yeah, the I wouldn't say that our defense stepped up in the second half because I thought they played well in the first half. It just was the offense was absolute garbage. But the Rams, I don't know whether they went away from something, but all of a sudden it just seemed to dry up for them. You and see so that a lot. you see that a lot with all with. Good, even good teams. Yeah. Bro, it's what? the quarterbacks. It <laughs> is the quarterback. It, that first half, you, Niners were terrible. Terrible, terrible football. Two first downs with five minutes to go in the in, with it, within the first half. You get a first down and the man throws an interception. Just absolute nightmare football. Turns around and you you mentioned it. You've got all the, all the best parts of Jimmy in the second half. What'd you do? I'll tell you what you do when you're in that position. You give the ball to your playmakers. And Debo Samuel is a fucking <laughs> oh, isn't he ever? baller. Baller. Yep. You, it makes that argument, you know, the, the Kamara argument in that you can't really play me, pay me by the position. I am a playmaker. I will do whatever we need to do to give us the best chance to win the game. Debo Samuel is clutch. The man's elite. You build your <laughs> franchise around him. But... As good as Jimmy G was in the second half, and like I said, I don't, I don't rate him. I'm not saying I don't rate him. He's done. He played. He played a good second half. Got it done. Adam talked about fourth, fourth quarter. However, playmakers is what got it done for you lot. And Stafford fell off a cliff, and he's got the pension to do it. He, he, Cooper Cup was brilliant, brilliant all game, as usual. That defense, a lot of pressure. Second half, Niners definitely dealt with it much better. But you can't, you've got the, the, everyone talks about Matt Stafford being clutch, Matt Stafford's all these fourth quarter comebacks. He's got all these fourth quarter comebacks because he was playing garbage time in Detroit all the bloody time. Like, it, 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 I, I honestly, I think the man is bang. Right. Average. This is not the moment to have a Matt Stafford debate <laughs> for the 112th time. <laughs> I, I do want to come back to. I do want to come back to a couple of plays from Matt Stafford in this game, though, which are the fairly deep ball interceptions that he threw. Two Just of them. Chucking it. Just chucking it. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. But we have had balls like that thrown all season long on, on us, and it almost always results in either a long, deep pass completion or a yeah. PI call on one of our secondary. And the fact that we had two interceptions on those two main deep balls made me incredibly happy in this game. And it's partly it's getting Emmanuel Mosley back because that that guy is actually decent. I think he's massively underrated and has just unfortunately been injured for a lot of this season. But uh, the guy on the other side, uh, Ambry Thomas, he had an absolutely fucking shocking first game as a 49er. And week by week, as he's had to play because John, because Norman finally got cut, week by week, he's <laughs> been... Overdue. Yeah, he's <laughs> been slowly improving. Yeah, he's been improving and improving. And every week... So the first week, he just got bullied. Players were getting in position over him. He was sort of in the right place, but they were just out-strengthening him. And this game, he was in the right place at the right time 
to get that final interception. I'm genuinely really quite excited for what he might become because he's talked about the fact that taking a year off, which he did because of all the COVID stuff in uh, college, has meant that he sort of wasn't in the right mindset. And it is it's very much that thing of having to switch back on and really get back into the mindset of playing football at that level. And it it sounds like he's finally got that, or he feels like he's finally got that back. So, yeah, fingers crossed he can actually be be a player. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, to underline Craig's point about how bad the Niners' offense was in the first half, their first possession, the first play in the Rams' half in the first half, too many halves, was the walk-off field goal to end the half. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think the um, interception from Mosley that Rich mes- mentioned was a really good contested catch, and that made me think back to... I think the second play of the game, OBJ made a beautiful jumping contested catch. And I thought, I'm going to have to eat some words here about OBJ's not worth the hype. And then he disappeared and <laughs> appeared twice more in overtime. So maybe maybe I don't quite. And I think that was part of the Rams' problem was, aside from Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby had a decent game. Team, Van team, Jefferson got hurt doing... and they didn't have much else. Team's getting a big lead and then stop doing what got them the big lead. How often do you see it? But sure, yeah. n- but not with Sean McVay, ever. <laughs> well, ne- it, the guy has never lost a game where he was winning at half-time. Until so, now. Until, until now. now. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. That, like You don't expect that for his team. So for them to do it and to react in the way that they did for the Niners, it was, it, yeah, it was... Like, based on what the first half was, I would have bet my house on the Rams <laughs> going on to win that game. And you know what? Yeah. After I saw his smug face in the end zone, I'm glad... <laughs> yeah, oh, was standing funny. down there celebrating. Yeah, fuck that guy. All the touchdowns in the first half. Chill out, bro. We did it. You've not just won the Super Bowl. I love yeah, that. I, I, you, you could see as well all the players getting in George Kittle's ear as well. It went 17 nil. All the players getting on at George Kittle. He just turning around to them and apparently saying, "Long time to go, fella. A lot of minutes left on the game." Well, there he referred to it. Was brilliant. Yeah, he referred to it as a body bag game, not because he thought one of us is going home in a body bag, but just because he expects it to be really physical and really aggressive. And apparently that they were using that as bulletin board material for the whole thing, sort of out of context. And he was just like, it, his, his comments in the post-game presser were hilarious. Like just that cheeky look on his face when he, <laughs> uh, when he answered that question was wonderful. Yeah. But say, you know, the thing about the, the McVeigh stat, there was every chance they didn't, they didn't lose this game. They could have won it. It was like, Jimmy G should have won it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For all, all the plaudits that we, you know, you want to give him, and he had a good stat line by the end of it. But fourth quarter, uh, just for two minute warning, it takes a terrible, terrible sack. Can't take a sack there. Um, misses Debo just outside the end zone. You've got to, you've got to hit the receiver. You miss him first play of overtime. Like. So many mistakes. It was it was miss. It was a lot of mistakes from the cords backs in this game. I think both sides are extremely well balanced and very very well coached. Um, you know, I, the quarterback play has to be addressed in both teams. Well, I go back, Craig. To um, this is injured Jimmy G. Injured Jimmy G has been bad most of the time we've seen when is him on he the not field. Injured, bro? When is he not injured? He's had stretches. He's had stretches this season. He had stretches in 2018 where he wasn't significantly injured. But I mean, this injury this, sounds this is, pretty this horrendous. Is, this is probably up there with the Matt Stafford debate. We probably don't <laughs> need to have it right now. The Niners are in the playoffs. The Saints are not. And I think that's a good thing for everybody concerned and who likes watching good quality football. 
Um, uh, it, yeah, uh, they're going to be a lot more fun to watch than Taysom Hill was ever ever <laughs> going to be, fit or not. Um, who cares? Um, one other team that should have had a nice, comfortable win and in game. Uh, it didn't quite go to, to plan for them, the Indianapolis Colts. I, I still cannot believe this. Um, Pat, what on earth happened to them? I mean, fun fact. So we said before that the um, 49ers was the second biggest comeback win of the season, coming back from 17 weeks behind. The worst team for losing a for for, coming, for conceding a comeback win this season is the Indianapolis Colts, and you know, having seen them play on Sunday, I can see why. But it came as a surprise. Um, their run game only must 94 yards was much less potent than expected. Their receivers were about as potent as expected in that they weren't very potent in the slightest. Carson Wentz was the liability I expected him to be pre-season. And uh, I know some people expected him to magically revert to his MVP form of half a season at the Eagles. No, and it's no surprise that he didn't. The biggest surprise was this was the game in which the Colts conceded the most sacks they've conceded in a single game this season. And against the Jaguars pass rush, which has been you know, bottom third, bottom quarter of the league most of the season. That's a surprise um, and an absolute joy. It's it's extraordinary when you look at the fact that they lost to the Raiders a week ago, which you sort of watch and don't think much of uh, because they, they almost you, had the playoff spot. That, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. Maybe, maybe they thought that themselves. Yeah. And it's, I think there was an element of that. It's, it's very easy to do in in that kind of situation. It's that balance between kind of, not you don't want injuries at that this time of the season. You take your foot off the gas. You you've got to get those wins first. Um, yeah, if that's, there was if certainly that's an element of that. Um, but yeah, if I mean it's difficult. I mean they're uh, heavily reliant on Jonathan Taylor. They have been all season. This Carson Wentz is not Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning by any means. Um, and it's whoever you are. Um, you know, if, even with Derek Henry or you know Barry Sanders in his day. You're not you're not gonna find it as easy when you're behind. Especially you know, if you're two or three scores behind, running the football is not as easy and it won't be as productive. And they had to they had to use Carson Wentz and he wasn't up to it. I think one of the biggest things in this is you look at the score at the half and you think thirteen three to Jacksonville at this point. Indianapolis go in the locker room. You have one of those conversations. Some people throw some chairs around. Everyone comes out fired up in the second half. And you get the ball back. You go down. You score a touchdown. Everything everything suddenly looks all right again. They didn't. They came out. And I think that was Carson Wentz uh, fumbling the ball because he couldn't be bothered to secure it properly and was sort of holding it down somewhere by his thigh. I mean, that is just ridiculous to turn the ball over at that point and then go go another field goal down forget the rams or the niners the colts need to address the the quarterback position um urgently and... yeah we, we were talking about this earlier and a perfect fit for them is uh, matt ryan in terms of being a bit old and past it and slow and not likely to take them anywhere forwards that would be right on brand with their current <laughs> signing matt, matt ryan would have them in the playoffs absolutely would aren't they tied to Wentz for another season hopefully I think well, they, they are. Fifteen million dollars next season tied up in Wentz. Ooh. A bargain. <laughs> I mean, compared to Nick Foles into the bargain, but you know, there's a lower line for everyone, right? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. 
the the Steelers have stolen their have basically stolen the cult spot of what should have been. Um, no one told NFL UK uh, where they released their hype video about the playoffs and uh, <laughs> featured the Colts and not the Steelers. Uh, but you know, Should've... standard. <laughs> Such a fucking clown organisation. That is ridiculous. Christ. Did it really? Uh, I, yeah, nuts. I don't think they've even deleted it either. Um, yeah, yeah, so the. the I, I can respect that. <laughs> own, own, own it. it. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't look a cheap video to make either. It looked like a full. Anyway. That's it. It was all there with balls in. <laughs> <laughs> the Steelers, I, I, I don't know that. I mean, it. Maybe they not knowing what was going to happen helped them. It took the pressure off. I don't know. But it was a another <laughs> overtime win in Baltimore for them. Uh, Big Ben, he's he's just looks more broken and broken every single week. He just keeps getting it done somehow. <laughs> just by memory of how to do it. I don't know. But... He trundles. Have you seen him? Man does not run anymore. He trundles. <laughs> it's such a strange... I can't... He does. I, I, I mean, I, there's not a bit of me that believes that they stand any chance against the Chiefs. They've like they've fallen into the playoffs. Well, yeah, maybe we we will we will come to that shortly. Um, Mark, your uh, your Bills did clinch the division. Uh, yes, despite rumours that despite rumours to the contrary. <laughs> Don't know, mate. Let's check it. Let's check in New England. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the New England are going to have to go to Buffalo. I mean, it, there was that was probably expected after the week before's results. Um, Miami beating the Pats, they, they they always seem to do that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and like and, and Mac Jones, is, it it feels like in the last couple of weeks teams have gone out of their way to try and shut down the Pats rushing game and put the ball in Mac Jones's hands and see if he's got what it takes to win games. And the last couple of weeks he's not been able to. Um, they obviously were fine against Jacksonville, but then most teams are fine against Jacksonville. Sorry, Pat. Like not not every team, not, not including the Bills. You can't hurt me this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's extraordinary yeah. that the Bills and the Colts are their wins, isn't it? Or, and someone else, who else is it? But, like, it's just bizarre. This, Dolphins, this... actually. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was, yeah, I was there. <laughs> considering how easily the, the Colts pasted the Bills in Buffalo, um, I, if anything, I'm quite pleased that we held the, the Jaguars to as close as we managed to and only lost by three. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, this this game was, um, it wasn't great in all honesty from the Bills offensive point of view. There was a lot of times that it looked like our quarterback and our wide receivers had never met. There were passes, first half especially, that were wayward, way over the top. There was one drive where Allen missed his receivers by miles every throw. Too many three and outs, just wasn't poor and wasn't good at all we were lucky that the Jets' offence is fucking appalling. Um, and I don't, a lot of injuries, bro. Relax well, yeah, yeah, you did. That, you are, you're injury ravaged, and that's that's fair enough. It was the the, the offence that they put on the field in this game was, was poor. I think it was under 100 yards total offence. Um, the Bills' D actually has bailed them out an awful lot this season, and I feel like if we had this season's defence and last season's offence, we'd almost be Super Bowl favourites but the offence isn't clicking as well as it needs to at the moment. We were comfortable enough in this game because the, we rushed for a couple of touchdowns in the second half or the last eight minutes to make it comfortable, but we let the Jets stay in this game for far longer than they sh- ever should have been able to because passing-wise, passing it's not, not clicking. And 
there's there's a fair bit of chat at the moment about would actually the Bills be better off going to New England rather than play <laughs> the game in a potentially blustery and snowy Buffalo. If we hmm. it throw... might be blustery and snowy in New England. Uh... It might be. Yeah, it's possible. It's, it's it's not like they're going to San Diego or anything, but. I, I hope that the weather, because the, the wind at times was as bad as it was in that Patriots game. And it clearly has clearly has an impact. And I just hope that the weather isn't going to be... Football the, weather. Is it for, for proper football Buffalo weather isn't going to be what fucks us. Because if there was one thing that the Patriots know how to do, it's run... Bro, the- I don't want to hear that shit. If you lose, I don't want to hear no shit about oh weather did not suit us. It is Buffalo. The only, the yeah, up. you're right. But the the only thing I don't want is like a you know sixty mile an hour winds and deluge of snow. Just like at least let it, let them play a proper game. Both teams. It's Funny fine. You won't hear it because if they lose, Mark ain't turning up for the pod. That's a very oh, fair that's point. True. Yeah. That's standard. Yeah. Standard. Um, one one Titans loss this year was at home to the Texans, which was played in an absolute monsoon of farcical rain and mud and horrendous conditions um we lost that game which became a bit of a lottery not not making excuses but in a weird parallel to your game against the pats um the return game against the texans uh, on on sunday was a very different matter indoors in houston now it i kind of touched on this last week it's nice when you've you've already booked a playoff spot um, so you think, oh, let's just relax, enjoy the opportunity to take a number one seed. But that game was vital. It's as important as winning a wildcard game. Mm. It, it, it means we, we've we booked that seed, booked that bye without having to play the following week. So it's, ju- it's just yeah. as big. OK, you have two lives, you've got two opportunities to do it, but you've got to get, you want to get it done against the regular season opponent. Um, now, again, again the, as well. It's like it's perfect. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's worked out perfectly, but it wasn't easy as it turned out. The, the thing about a divisional opponent, but also the fact that sometimes these games are dangerous because they've got nothing to lose. They went for it on fourth down a couple of times. Uh, Davis Mills slinging it about everywhere when the run game wasn't working. They were suddenly, oh, hang on, there was a t- t- 21 point lead at the half, and then suddenly a couple of punts from the Titans and the Texans score a couple of touchdowns. We're like, hang on, this is getting a bit iffy. I don't want to have to, I'd rather get this done than try and get a playoff win next week. Um, And what was really encouraging, and sometimes these things happen for the best, is that suddenly we saw clutch Tannehill and Julio Jones turned up. Um, And that, I don't know if you saw that play where third down, a key third down, he's about to take a sack and he proper McNair's it and comes out Houdini um, and then slings the ball down the field to Westbrook Aquina. I'm incredible. I, like he's dead. He's wrapped up for that sack. And there's suddenly, Oh, hello. Where did you come from? And just pops up and scrambles out the pocket, finds a completion. If that, that doesn't happen, we lose that game. It's, rem- it's remiss of me to not mention the Josh Allen touchdown pass to Stefan Diggs. That was very similar in that he was in the process of being sacked at that point, or at least being tackled and somehow got a bullet away to, and a brilliant catch by Stefan Diggs. And one Josh Allen loves drag. that kind of, loves, he's, he's, honestly, he's great at that. it was, it yeah, was a yeah. guy with two, two arms around him and he was on his way to the floor. It was unbelievable. Ironically, Carson Wentz could have had one of those this week and he was ruled to have had forward progress stopped before he escaped and completed a pass, which uh, amused me greatly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised, Pat, that you didn't bring up the uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, completion deep in the end zone while he was running for his life late in that game. 
That was the one where it was snapped three feet above his head, and he managed to leap up, recover it, roll out to his right, and then loop on to oh, uh, was, Marvin Jones, who toe in the back corner of the end. How, yeah. how the defensive end misses that sack on him, though, man. That's so, so shit. And yeah, he thought he was in the playoffs already, didn't he? Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> but free run at the guy when you're literally when your playoff life is on the line, and to miss that tackle, gotta be better. Yeah. All right, we we are going to look ahead. Uh, we've predictably waffled on longer than planned um, <laughs> this part of the podcast. And um, what we're going to do, we are going to preview each of the six playoff games. Um, I'm going to give you on the fly. I was going to do four minutes each, but let's do three minutes each, um, like we've done earlier in the season, and give it a strict time limit. Um, chronological order. The first game. Oh, it's such. Oh, it's so. Just thinking back, like the last ten years, it is so playoff wildcard Saturday. This matchup, isn't it? Raiders Bengals. Um, uh, but I think the Bengals aren't what they were under Andy Dalton, are they, Pat? I mean, Bengals have got to be favourites coming into this. They've got the better season record. They've been much more consistent. Their defence has stepped up sneaky good more than anyone expects. I think they've got a really solid pass rush there. The main threat, obviously, is a really good receiving core and Joe Burrow playing out of his mind. If he's not comeback player of the year, it'll be a crime. Their run game's decent. Mixon's been better than expected, I would say, and maybe that's just down to improved offensive line play. But the Raiders... I don't know. They were better than expected against the Chargers. They've got Darren Waller back and they've rested him properly to get him back fully fit for the playoffs, which is a sensible strategy. So I don't think this is cut and dried. I think it should be a really good back and forth game. I expect the Bengals to edge it, but not by much. They're, they're quite... Like, you don't want to play the Bengals, do you? Uh, but you don't, equally, you don't trust them to sweep the Ra- Raiders aside. It, uh, it's, it's. I think this is going to be a good one. This isn't going to be that horrible matchup from years ago at all. I like the Bengals in this, Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's hard not to, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about the Raiders with everything they've gone through, um, the Gruden thing, the Ruggs thing, and they've they've just they've it's bonded them. There's it's galvanized them, and they're they're doing some they're doing some things. I mean, Derek Carr looked- might not be everyone's favorite, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Let's go, Matthew John. Stafford and Jimmy G. Let's go, Joe. Joe can ball. I'm I'm with Craig in that I think all things being equal, I I the Bengals should win this. They're the better football team all round. But that's what worries me is that these these playoff games, particularly in this weekend, have a tendency to throw up some odd results, and I could see the Raiders winning it. All season, odd results. Yeah, True. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, and they're, they're on a hell of a run, having lost five out of six to win four in a row to get themselves into the playoffs. I don't think anybody saw that with what they'd gone through, head coach going and all the issues that they were having, to come and win four in the trot against Browns, Broncos, Colts and Chargers. None of them are mugs. They're not, it might not be the best teams in the NFL, but they're no mugs. And I think, I think they're looking all right. They're looking far better than I thought. I still think the Bengals will, will have too much for them because that's, that's one of the most ex- exciting offences in the league at the moment. But um, it's certainly not a gimme. Yeah, no, I think I think we're we're all in agreement. Despite, you know, I, I still think I do think the Bengals will win. I'm just, yeah, you don't quite. There's that unpredictability, isn't there? Um, and the, that's that's going to be the case everywhere. I, and I get that. Um, but uh, I'm pretty like it's it might not seem the most exciting game of the six on paper, but I'm pretty pretty much looking forward to this. I think um, it could be a really great game. Yeah, I think this is yeah, one yeah. of the most exciting of the six, actually. 
Okay. But it does look the most exciting game on paper. Good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, time, time is up on that one. Um, next up, we have on Saturday night, Mark, um, Patriots at the Bills. Every fucking year when we make the playoffs, we're the one with a one a.m. game on the Saturday. Fuck off, NFL. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Pat. <laughs> Just for me whinging about being scheduled the schedule of our game in the playoffs. That we're Once having. a decade when we make the playoffs, we're the six p.m. <laughs> game on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't believe they schedule the Super Bowl so late. Oh, I stay up for it. I can't make it better. Um, I I think we've got to be the favourites against the Pats, as I alluded to earlier on. Um, When when the the game was going on with the Raiders and the Chargers, I I didn't want the Chargers to win because had they won, we would have played them in the playoffs. And I would much rather play the Pats than play the Chargers. Funnily enough, I think they're a much better team. Um, I think that... Patriots, if you can if you can stop them running the ball, which we've managed to do a little bit more in the last couple of weeks than we have done recently, and did that especially when we played the Patriots at Foxborough a couple of weeks ago, put the ball in Matt Jones's hand, and I don't think he is good enough yet to be able to win a game for the Patriots. Our defense is playing out of its mind at the moment, and I think if if we can stop the run or at least be effective against Damien Harris at all. I think we should offensively have enough so long as it isn't fucking like Hurricane, Hurricane Agatha or something like that that ruins the game for us. But I'm I'm stupidly confident against the Patriots in this I'm, one. I'm just looking at the weather forecast um, <laughs> on, my, on my phone. Buffalo are expecting a low of minus 17 Celsius on fantastic, Saturday night. Fantastic. <laughs> That's football weather. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure about the wind, but uh, I imagine that accompanies that'll be lake snow effect or something. It'll be blowing an absolute gale. More than likely. I I do think what you alluded to is is game script here is key. If if the Bills can go a couple of scores up early on, yeah. I think New England will really, really struggle to get back into it. I think we've seen this a few times over the second half of the season where if a team gets a lead, a decent lead against New England. Mac Jones is fine playing when when they're in control, when they can run the ball, when he's not really having to make actually make plays and just stick within the the, the structure of their offense. I think if you go behind, I think the Bills have got a better chance of coming back, but it is it's a lot riskier. I'd be, yeah. So ideally, go ahead. Go ahead and stay yeah. ahead. All right, we'll we'll do that then. <laughs> Some of the uh, reversing backwards and taking fifteen-yard sacks for no good reason was very Flacco-esque this week. And the play where he potted backwards fifteen yards and then rolled out to his left and then went out of bounds and then threw the ball away was just like cataclysmically yeah. stupid at any level of football. I hate that. Yep. That's that's three minutes on the on the Pats and the, and the Bills. Buffalo all the way this time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I hope and think so. Um, which you may not be what you want to hear. Go Bills. Next up, Sunday at six p.m. in the UK. Uh, why can't the Bills have? Why can't the Bills have that slot? Come on. Because <laughs> Bills Pats is always going to be in prime time. Uh, this game doesn't quite do it for me as much, but Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Craig, any problems for your man Tom Brady in this one? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, uh, short answer is no. Um, this that's that's what they do. They reserve prime spot for TB12, Mark. Um, so listen, well, or, or I, not then in this case. That's not what they said. The <laughs> Sunday early game isn't what, what they done. see as a prime spot <laughs> for, for for me. But I'm, I'm talking about for, for just Craig for you. It's all about you, Craig, Craig <laughs> personally. Um, so. I feel like this is a perfect first game, isn't it, for, for, for Brady? So much, um, I think, just falls in their favour. I think the Eagles have fundamental football issues. Um, receivers, hugely inconsistent. And and their D-line is, um, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult to stop the Bucks uh, running the ball, or moving the ball, should I say. We know um, if you, to give yourself a chance... You have to trouble Tom Brady. That is, everybody knows it. That is the aim of your number one priority in your game plan. Um, on that Eagles side, only two players uh, that both lead the team in sacks, and they've only got seven and a half each. The next is Fletcher Cock with three and a half. So, so they're not touching the quarterback often. Um, and we know how well Brady navigates the pocket when he's playing well. Um, Obviously, we've had the A-B drama this week. Quite frankly, I think that probably benefits the Bucks. I reckon we saw that dip in form, you know, three, four weeks ago. Um, and uh, that might have been what was happening. It, it, maybe the drama has taken place during the season uh, and a clean break actually helps this side out. You've still got Mike Evans, eight straight thousand-yard seasons. You've got Gronk, you've got Goodwin. We know Miller can um, be helpful. And all of them know how to get open. And if you can get open, Tom Brady will find you. So, um, And they're balanced. We've seen what Fournette can do. So uh, I just think ultimately this game comes down to the quarterback player, the Eagles. Um, and even then, Hurts can have the uh, you know game of his life and they don't necessarily win. Um, I think that he needs to play out of his skin and Brady needs to have a bad day and they still need to get lucky. I think that, listen, it's the playoffs. We've seen ridiculous results all year, but a lot of cards have to fall in a very particular way for the Eagles to come out on top here for me. Yeah, I think the loss of AB would be um, more likely to be positive if it wasn't for all the other injuries they have a receiver, but Godwin's out still, as far as I'm aware. They lost Grayson, yeah, who'd done, stepped in and looked half decent for a while. So they really are down to kind of Evans, Gronkowski, a bit of Scotty Miller thrown in there, and then bit parts. So that could be a problem, but I don't think it'll be enough of a problem to let the Eagles bridge the gap. I think there's one way the Eagles can That's, that's potentially... another... We'll never, we'll never know, Rich. <laughs> we'll never know how the Eagles can potentially win. Despite the fact that I do want to. Um, I, bet the, never... I bet the Eagles head coach is sat there going, right, how do I do it? Oh, never <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, Damn I'm it. so Rich. sorry. <laughs> um, get in touch with Rich and find out how they can, how they can how do it. How do you win the game? Uh, do you know what? Okay, let's break our own rules. <laughs> 10 seconds. How are the Eagles going to do it? D-line. That's the only way they win this is if they can get enough pressure on Brady that he doesn't have time to get the ball out. And that is something that has worked in the past. I don't go. think it will, but it's that's Literally it. That. Also, there's there's a load of stuff, a load of stuff with this rivalry, that championship game all those years ago, where the but they like the Eagles with Don McNabb, and they were the dream team. That no, no, that was a different Eagles team, but you know what I mean. They were they were going to win and annihilate them, and they absolutely crapped the bed all those years ago. And but yeah, there's a bit of history there, right? 
That's I'm breaking all my own rules. Next game. <laughs> Next up, San Francisco at Dallas, uh, 25 plus nine on Sunday. I can't believe that this is the first time that the Niners and the Cowboys have met in the playoffs since the 90s. That is, is it? just wow. incredible. Wow. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a classic rivalry that goes back to multiple Cowboys and Niners Super Bowl appearances back in uh, back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, this is an odd one for me because I don't really get a feeling. You know how normally you get a feeling for teams that you're playing, whether you feel confident or not? I really don't get a feeling for this Cowboys team because of their last nine games, they've won six. But four of those were divisional games against NFC East teams. They beat uh, New Orleans and they beat Atlanta, lost to the Raiders, Kansas City and the Cardinals. So that to me says they can beat, you know, bad teams in the NFL, but they've often lost to very good ones. I don't know that you can count the Niners as a very good team in the NFL right now because we've got some clear flaws. But to me, it's really hard to know quite how good the Cowboys really are. And and from the Niners perspective, my biggest concern with this is Jimmy G's injury. He In the first half of that game, he didn't look like he could grip or throw the ball. There's a couple of really ugly throws where the ball actually comes out end on end because he clearly hasn't been able to get a proper grip on it. And if he can't, if he can't do that against the Cowboys, I worry about this one turning into a bit of a blowout. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think um, the Cowboys have been fairly unconvincing recently. They've run up some really big scores, but they haven't looked thoroughly convincing. They were missing Pollard last week as well, although I think that was precautionary and he should be back. But they need him to complement Zeke to really give them that run game that they need. I heard a Green Bay Packers fan whose football opinions I very much respect say that of all the teams in the playoffs, the Niners were the team he least wanted to face, regardless of seeding. And I think of all the first round games, this is the one where the highest seeded team is most likely to be uh, knocked out. I do think that's partly um, historical bias from a Packers fan that's been burnt many times over the last decade. It seems like every time we make a playoff run, they're the team that we absolutely destroy. It was down to the way you attack and the way you defend and the way that you're coached, all of them hitting Green Bay's weakest points. And that's the problem with Dallas is I don't get a good feeling for how they win or lose games. It seems to be, you know, sometimes they're leaning on the run. Sometimes they're leaning on throwing the ball a ton to a really good set of receivers. Uh, and sometimes they're just shit. Those corners are going to have to have a, another standout game for the Niners to stand any chance, I think. Because yep. they've got the the way that um, Dak is playing at the moment and the way those receivers are playing at the moment. Um, if their if their level drops to where they have been previously, um, it it could be it could get ugly. But if they, they if they can continue on the upward curve that they showed in some of the game that they played, um, then why not? But even then, I, Dak I, hasn't for some had reason, to have big I didn't, games. I, I'm being polite and not interrupting you when the time's <laughs> up. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I'm getting slack with this. Right, Sunday night, Steelers at the Chiefs. Now, on the face of it, this. You think this is routine for Kansas City, everything we've seen. Um, what we've said about Big Ben, you know, he, he could barely stand at a low run, um, just about throw with his, I mean, it's, I'm not going to call it a noodle arm, but it's not the arm that it was. Um, but, you know, it's, it feels, 
it does. <laughs> it feels a bit, you know, it feels a bit last dance with Ben. And like, I can't, okay, I've realistically, I can't see him getting this done. But there's something about it that I'd be a little bit nervous if I was a Chiefs fan. Just a little bit. This, um, this for me is the ideal game for the Chiefs. I think that this is this is a ten point plus victory, easy. I think that the Chiefs, as Craig alluded to earlier on, the Chiefs are starting to find their straps on offense now. I think they will have too much for a Steelers D that plays okay at times, but does does allow teams to have some big plays, and that offense just isn't going to have enough to to trouble an improving Chiefs D. I think this is an easy easy win. I, I don't. I, I I'm I struggle to make a. So this gonna. So I, I find the football argument a difficult one because yes, I've, I've you know I think the Chiefs offensively are as you just said with their finds in their way, but that Steelers defense when they play well are hard for anyone and we know that the Chiefs have a bad day in them. I think the what the big challenge for the Chiefs. Um, and the Steelers going to be individually is that emotional and mental approach, right? Steelers have an expectation. We were going to win the Super Bowl. This was never like this is step one. This is we're past this. We 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 need to be competing championship game. Whereas the Steelers are almost happy to be there. So on one hand, you could almost you, you could turn up and quite happy with the occasion. Ben gets his nice send off. We don't really mind if we lose. Or there's the no pressure, balls out, all the pressure on Kansas City. So I do think that how they manage the preparation, that mental and emotional approach to this week is going to play out. That's going to be the key more so than than the football. Everything logically suggests the Chiefs will win this one, but I've just got this sneaking suspicion <laughs> that this is going to be the upset. I, they, they, I mean, I, I the last four could, weeks. anything could happen, obviously, and and Ben. And Ben and that narrative, sure, that it's possible, but he's not going to be able to do it by scoring 16 points like against the Ravens. He's going to have to. They're going to have to score yeah, a lot yeah. more. The, the last, whether they can absolutely. do that, I don't know. The, the last four weeks, they've managed to keep the opponents. The Titans they kept to 13 points. The Browns they kept to 14 points, and the Ravens they kept to 13 points. The only team that they haven't managed to do that against was the Chiefs. They played three weeks ago, and the Chiefs put 36 on them. I think yeah. the Chief, Chiefs will yeah, destroy that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, but there we go. Another three minutes. Um, final game of the weekend is on Monday night, actually. The first time they've done this in the playoffs. Um, and this is the Cardinals at the Rams. It feels like we've we've spoken a fair bit about the Rams. Um, the Cardinals, not so much. Um, Pat, how do you how do you see this one? It's a weird one, isn't it? Who'd have thought that we'd go into this week with the Lions and the Jaguars on a win streak and the Rams and the Cardinals going in with a loss? It's uh, funny. <laughs> Like ten weeks ago, you'd have said, "Oh, this is the this is the route. This is the uh, game of the weekend." But right now, I I, I have no faith in the Cardinals, despite yeah. the fact all my bullish preseason predictions got ruined by both of the bastards during the last few weeks of the season. And they're stuttering. They're not turning it, showing any signs of turning it around. Their defense still looks pretty good, but for all their fairly potent offensive weapons. They've looked pretty impotent recently, and I think the Rams will win this fairly comfortably. What a game in week six this would have been. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's I, weird that. I sort of... I'm sort of weirdly looking forward to this. I think if the Niners manage to... Maybe even if we don't, but if we manage to get a win, I'll be seriously looking forward to this just because it'll be funny watching 
one of these teams crumble? <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. You've got two, two teams that you hate. The beauty is that one of them's going to lose. And... That, that, that Cardinals D isn't stopping anything at the moment. Lost five of their last seven or something like that. Lost five of the last eight. Um, like the Seahawks, who hadn't looked particularly good at putting easy, put easy points past them. Um, even the even the Lions put thirty points on the Cardinals, and I know that there were injuries that played into that, but the defense just isn't stopping anything at the moment. And even a bang average Matt Stafford, I think, will put some points on this Cardinals team. It's the only sort there is. He is bang average. <laughs> this is how we're going to use some of the three minutes. We're going to talk about Matt Stafford. <laughs> We've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a sidetrack. I, I think. I think you look at what the D is. The, the Rams' defense, I think, matches up well against the um, against the Cardinals. I don't think Kyler Murray is playing well enough at the moment to lead his team um, as 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 he had been earlier on in the season. And I, I think that Cooper Cup and the the rest of the Rams will be and will be able to put points on them, even though the Rams aren't playing fantastic themselves. I think they're playing well enough to beat the uh, Cardinals at the moment. I think the Von Miller trade shows up big in this game and yeah. I think that that contains Kyler which hurts the cards and you're right the defense is a big problem I'm not right enough for Cardinals because we've seen exactly what happens on offense to the Rams time and time again and if Kyler gets going he can put points on anyone but on paper it, it does match up well Kyler loves to have a mazy run backwards like on a zigzag and you're going to be, he's going to be doing that from Aaron Donald and he's going to turn one way and he's going to get lit up by one Miller. I, I, I really think that's going to be big. That's uh, time, time up again. Um, what the, well, whoever wins this gets a shot in the arm, um, which might help, might help me. You probably don't want to face that team. Anyway, the three minutes are up. Um, are we, are we going to make predictions or are you not going to bother this time? Nah, I think, well, I think, <laughs> I think we've, I think we've largely done that in what we've said mostly. Um, I think pretty much, I mean, all five out of the six, we're confident in home wins from what we've said. The only the only one we're not so sure about is uh, the Niners at the Cowboys um, yeah. as a collective. We should talk a little bit about um, Black Monday, which maybe less carnage than usual. Well, before Monday... Uh, Fangio was was let go by the Broncos just by virtue of them playing on Saturday instead of Sunday. Um, <laughs> nothing, mm-hmm. nothing more than that. Um, I mean, I, I, that one could have gone either way, probably. Um, I think uh, they they feel they've got they, a better they squad. That, yeah. they, they feel they've got a better squad than he's delivered. But it doesn't matter how good everything else is when your quarterback is who they've got. That's yeah. it. Don't that's, care who they're getting. Whoever whoever is the coach next year. If they've got Aaron Rodgers, that's a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with, you. I'm with you. I think I think it's a mistake to let Fangio go. I think he provides, oh, it's a lot of noise. Um, I think he provides uh, some really, really um, quality defensive mindedness for that for that team, and I do think it's unfair to have given the guy zero quarterback talent and expected him to do much more than he has. And that's John Elway. That's on John Elway. I think a lot of the, a lot as we as we spoke about earlier on in the week, he's um, you know he won't get any um, any hate for it because of because it's Denver. But you're right. Give the man a fucking quarterback. 
Yeah. Um, well, it's too late for him. He'll be the next guy. Um, Zimmer has gone um, from the from the Vikings, which, I mean, I don't know if it's so much this season or just the last few years of, yeah, you know, not not quite achieving what they they arguably should do with the with the roster that they've got. Um, Kirk Cousins is another one that probably divides opinion, uh, but it's that that one felt like it's probably the right thing time time for a change. If you agree, he'd been really spiky and grumpy in his press conferences recently, and uh, it did feel like a man <laughs> who knew his number was up. Yeah, he'll make it. He'll make a fantastic defensive coordinator somewhere. Um, because that's what he can do well. Again, the Vikings... I, I love the way everyone always says that about a fired head coach. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like you've uh, you, no one. Well, you're not going to say he'll make a fantastic head coach somewhere else. It just I don't know Although why that Flores never happens. Like I don't know why it never happens often, does it? You never see a head coach tend to go from being a head coach to another head coach elsewhere, other than if you're like unless you're Gase. It doesn't seem to happen very often. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to get cancelled for a minute there, Mark. Fucking hell. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like, I think he'll do a good job somewhere where he goes. He's got his skill set. But, again, that's another team that probably their window was a couple of years ago in that, you know, you go back to the the Stefan Diggs um, touchdown, walk-off touchdown against the Saints, and then they got hammered in the week following um, that was probably their window, but you, you kind of feel that they should have achieved more than they have. Okay, um, the Bears, Matt, Matt Nagy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> I, I there's not much to say. I think their GM's gone as well. Yeah, yes. they need a little change there. Yeah, it, it's and I think mean, it, it. They've got that's going to be an attractive job for for somebody. I would have thought. Yeah, I think they're points back. You know. Yeah, I think there are bones of a talented roster there. I think they've got good players in certain positions. They need offensive line help because you can't just have your, your quarterback constantly running for his life like he has been this year. But if they can get some of that stuff in place, I think they can be a decent team next year. Yeah, um, they're, they're fine. Great, great, great job. First time it's been a good job in a while. Great job. Agreed. Yeah. Um the the one that baffles me is, is the Dolphins and uh, and Brian Flores. Like he's literally oh, taken them from one and seven to nine and eight. And with I would say a suspect quarterback again. No, my only argument my only argument about that, and as I do agree with you that I think Flores shouldn't be fired. And there's always the argument, I think, when if your sacked head coach becomes the the hot like go and get him you probably shouldn't have sacked him in the first place but to to to, st- to state that oh he went from you know he lost seven games in a trot but then managed to win seven games in a trot still lost seven games in a trot which in a, in a 17 game season isn't brilliant but um but look at that roster well i mean is it is, is it worse than last season i think that's my issue with it with what the, the only thing that i would say in defense of the people who make the decision is the fact that he hasn't progressed it enough that they were as good last season i think when everyone was everyone was raving about that defense was saying one of the best in the league and they were on the cusp of the playoffs last season doesn't feel like he's made enough of a step offensively it's ha- nfl is a five-year job. Up until maybe five years ago, it was projects. It was very, very, very unusual. Even unfair sackings 
no, yeah. two years, three years. The man has not had a chance. And I, I, I wouldn't and, sack him. Don't get me wrong. You're going to sack him just... after he's won eight games on the bounce. With yeah, that... but you, you say you say lack of progress. He's progressed them from one and seven to nine and eight. Now well, maybe play, nine and eight. Who he was playing? Yeah, but nine. Well, yeah, but. I mean that's still lost, that's still such the, doing. They lost pretty much all the good teams they played, and they beat all the crap teams they played. Well, they beat New England at the end of the season. That beat both our sides. I, I I just think it's I think it's nuts. You've got the team playing well, young quarterbacks, uh, the young receivers, all all the all the good players of first and second year players, and and we we've won eight games on a, in a row. Like, it does. It does seem like a, in like considering what, what, what the what the head coaches are like in so from he lost NFL his job. So from your from that argument, he lost his job in week eight. So he, he had eight well, weeks. Maybe, maybe. There's there's talk in the media today that he lost his job not because of results and coaching, but actually because he and the owner didn't see eye to eye on a large oh, number of things, a, including Tua. That see, that seems yeah. to be the argument right now. And if that's the case, that's fucking bullshit because it doesn't matter whether your owner likes the guy or agrees with the guy you've too hired much, him too much hot sauce on his lunch <laughs> you've, I'd, you've... I'd like to hear from pat at this moment who's been interrupted by i think literally <laughs> all of us it's fine i was going to say exactly what rich said before he jumped in and said it so it's fine but i was going to say it from the point of view of someone I'd who's it coming from you though well, you know, I'm I'm very familiar with uh, a club who has a poisonous GM who has the close ear of the owner and hasn't been fired when he clearly should have been. So, you know, I think Miami, Miami, Miami have backed the wrong horse <laughs> in that firing. Yeah, Miami. Uh, uh, absolutely, exactly that. All right. What does, what does got... Matt Stafford think of it, though? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think Flores would make an excellent Bears head coach. Yeah. Oh. Oh, There's Vikings. Go it, that Vikings job, mate. If you get that, is the that is the job. Go and get it, that Vikings it, job. Is it though? But you've got to put up with the quarterback and the contract that he's on. At least he's got a, a young, like Tua-esque quarterback to mould in in Chicago, where he, he's got experience of that. And I, I think that it's. It, I just think it's much got, more settled. Bears is a is a pressured environment as well, and they. I think, I, I, think market. I, I personally I think the Vikings is a rebuild. You've got Dalvin Cook who spends a lot of time injured. I think otherwise, like like decent enough, but they've got a lot of players, a lot of injuries on defense. The defense isn't as good as it has been in the past. Um, for me, I think the Bears is a really some of their. Job. I agree. Some of their stars are aging, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it might be up to Brian Flores and good on it. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Um, I've got an awful feeling of missed the firing, but can't be that important. Um, there there's, one. There's, there's, there one, one. there's one guy who's staying in, in New York, <laughs> Joe Judge. Wow. Well, I mean, wow. what do you have to, if, you think, if you think some of these firings are unfair, I don't know what else he could have done to get fired. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's called on his white privilege. and uh... <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe. Listen, do you reckon he'd have Joe been kept Judge. on if he was in, if he would have done? Interesting question. If him and Flores swapped and had the exact same record as Flores, would Joe Judge still be in a job? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's hard you think, to. You, you like... think you think somebody's sacking Joe Judge after he won eight games in a row? Tell me, 
Jar ain't winning eight games in a row. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. Uh, I'll say it straight. There is no way a white coach wins eight games in a row and gets sacked. I don't want to. There's no talk about we didn't see eye to eye. There's no talk about any of that bullshit. A white coach wins eight games back to back in the NFL. The last eight games in the NFL in his first year, he doesn't get sacked. Fact. But a white coach can go to New York. Make a bad team worse for Probably two years. Sneak on third and nine and keep his job. Madness. It's all white in the NFL. The Gettleman, Gettleman has gone, hasn't he? He's he's retired. So that <laughs> is clearly clearly a you're going to go. But how they've not cleaned house there? They need a quarterback. They need a new coach. They need a new GM. They need a massive rebuild there. You already think that the Giants, to me, are looking like first first overall pick candidate for next season. I, I don't disagree with any of that. But the, the crazy thing for me is that while the GM has not put together a good roster there, Joe Judge has made it look a lot worse than it actually is. <laughs> Maybe. 100% he drafted Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley's done what? You've got one of the best running backs in the league and you've had him cross. You're fine. Honestly, I think he, he's... He is... He, if they're worst coach in the league right now, who would you say? <laughs> and you can include Zimmer, Flores and Nagy. But worst coach higher. in the league. Oh, much worse. Worst coach in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of any other team that has a roster that is okay, fairly medium but the coaching is dragging it down that far. <laughs> you know, you think about think about the Jets. The Jets are in the middle of a rebuild. They're, the roster there is good in places and bad in places, and the coaching is doing as well as it can with it. That's yeah, not the case that's in, not really in the Giants. A, that's not a comparison, is it? They're different, no. different stages of flux, aren't they? And uh, yeah, but that's, that's my point. It's not that they've been in, they're starting a rebuild. They're well into what should have been one, and yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. they've gone exactly. nowhere. All right. Um, any other NFL-related business? It feels like there's a lot. There's, this is this is this time of year. There's it's all happening at once. It'd be it'd be nice if the owners and GMs could just wait a few weeks and deal with all the sacking, so we could spread out what we talk about on these podcasts. But here we are. The um, Green Bay Lions game was the Equinemia St. Brown versus Amron Brown Bowl, <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed picture. that. Yeah. Their their father in the crowd wearing his uh, Green Bay Lions halfy halfy top. And do you know what Equinemius and Amron um, Amon Ra's father's called? He's called Brian. <laughs> I love the mundanity of John. John and his sons Equinemius and Amon Ra. <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, okay. Any any other actual business? Or oh, Rich, you had uh, something else? Um, I did enjoy the Giants running a QB sneak on third down on their own four-yard four line while three-nothing down with five minutes left in the second quarter. What the fuck is that all about? Were you, were you not here when we talked about this, like, five minutes, minutes I thought ago? It was a different, I thought it was a different play than you were referring to. That's the third mention of it on the pod, but it's, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. I'm clearly not paying attention to what you need to listen else to, You need to listen to everyone else, Rich. Yeah. Right. Um, before before we get into any other business, um, we need to uh, talk about that QB sneak that the Giants tried to run. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rich, why don't you kick us off with any other business? 
Uh, my first one's a little mini rant about um, the final day of the last Ashes test, which I stayed up most of the first session. In fact, the whole of the first session to watch to see whether England could do anything more than get all out for 50-something. And things were looking rather promising at the time when I went to bed. I thought, you know, I'll record the highlights, get up in the morning, avoid all the spoilers and watch it. I stick it on and the recording, the first thing that comes up is the programme just before. And I see, the first thing I see is match drawn. Fucking ruined my enjoyment of what was really an incredible finish to, to that test match. Um, uh, so thank you for that, BT Sport, you fuckers. Um, the other thing I've got is a couple of recommendations. So we've talked a lot about Taskmaster on here. Have we mentioned the Taskmaster podcast? Don't know if anyone else is listening to that. But every episode of Taskmaster, they have now, not every episode, they're going back and historically doing the old series in between the main series. But while the main series is running, uh, they have a guest on every week. And sometimes it's someone from that series. And sometimes it's, you know, an, an old contestant or a fan of the celebrity fan of of, uh, of Taskmaster. Uh, it's hosted by a Gamble, who was a contestant on, I think, season eight, um, who's an excellent host, gets a lot out of his uh, out of his guests doesn't even though he's clearly excited to be talking about taskmaster doesn't just jump across them all the time doesn't you know forget what they're saying and repeat their points back to them um, <laughs> and is is generally it seems like a really good guy and is very funny um and from there i ended up listening to his other podcast with a guy called james acaster if you've heard of him he's another comedian uh called off menu where they talk to celebrities about their dream menu uh and it, Weirdly, James Acaster sort of... is also on Taskmaster. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. season ten, I think. Uh, before season eight, because that's how far I've got, and I can tell you that Ed Gamble's <laughs> not in season eight. Uh, okay, uh, he must I've be got it completely wrong. Not that, uh, yeah. <laughs> Stop getting Taskmaster wrong. <laughs> but yeah, both podcasts definitely worth a listen. Uh, very enjoyable. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I'm a bit late to the Taskmaster party, um, but it's been good. <laughs> Um, Mark, I'd like to talk about the Taskmaster podcast that I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nothing. I was I was going to talk about Marcus Rashford, but I, I'm not going to go there. Hope you're hope you're right, Marcus. Um, big love for you. Um, but the something I I saw on the news earlier on that that made me chuckle was that there were a couple of um, LA policemen um, that were in their car. Um, just on, on the beat and a call came in to try and um, intercept a couple of um, jewellery store robbers that had just carried out an act nearby where they were based. Um, they decided that instead of chasing said robbers, they would go after the Snorlax that was um, apparently near them playing Pokemon Go. And uh, when they when their footage was reviewed shortly after these burglars got away, they decided that they were going to check, play Pokemon Go rather than provide backup to try and get these copper, these robbers, and they were subsequently fired. So, um, <laughs> it, I mean, that made me chuckle. It's it's I mean, a given the more LAPD justified than Brian, Brian Flores, isn't it? For the public. <laughs> yeah, it's um, so way, way to make the public feel safe there. But then, but then I read apparently that I don't play Pokemon Go or know anything about it. But I understand that the Snorlax is relatively rare, so actually maybe it was the right thing to do. <laughs> Unlike diamonds, yeah, <laughs> just fucking Which, everywhere. They're ten pennies. Diamonds, diamonds are forever. 
um <laughs> excellent craig any other business <clears throat> so um i have taken the decision that the next car that i buy is going to be uh an electric car and the reason for this decision as well as obviously contributions to the environment and shit like that i was getting fuel the other day and i looked I'm at the right. price <laughs> yeah, you know, loads of fuel. <laughs> Bathing in fuel. Bad idea. Um, do you do you not have <laughs> any of those jerry cans left from a couple of months ago? <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting I was getting I was fuel the other day and um I used the uh like the shell premium or whatever. That's premium, right? Bro. 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 And uh <laughs> Craig's doing all right for himself on the nice And I realised that it's one pounds fifty nine per litre, so you spend like a score, and it's what thirteen litres or something like that. And I started driving in two thousand and three, around then, and I remember the uproar. I think it went the it went to one pound a litre in two thousand five, and I remember vividly remember older people saying. I'll stop fucking driving if it's a pound of it. I was like, oh, mate. <laughs> but the 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 venomous uh, refusal to accept fuel reaching this one pound limit, and not even or whatever, uh, you know, fifteen years later, and one pound sixty a litre for fuel. Absolutely mad. So I'm gonna buy myself <laughs> an electric car. We're such fucking mugs for round numbers. It's ridiculous. Next month on any other business, energy prices. <laughs> Which are to increase. <laughs> um, Pat. So I had I had two quick things. Um, there's a 10 second national lottery advert that is on the rotation for being randomly inserted into longer YouTube videos. And for whatever reason, they thought it's socially acceptable to have their adverts start with a woman on a zip wire screaming. So with no warning whatsoever, whatever you're listening to just cuts to a woman screaming, and that is not good for your mental health. Fuck me. <laughs> just listening to a Jaguars breakdown podcast thing, and suddenly I get a woman screaming in my ears. So if you're designing adverts, think about when they'll be played and save a shit in ourselves. Think, if you think could, about, that'd be great. Think about Pat's mental health. Not only is he listening to or watching a Jaguars breakdown <laughs> podcast and video, it then gets interrupted by something even more alarming. Yeah, there's not many things in the world, but that is definitely one of them. The other thing is uh, just a, a shout out to Argos's delivery service, which is the saddest sentence I've ever said, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you book a delivery slot and then they message you saying what portion of the delivery slot it will be delivered in. And then they message you again later saying your driver is however many minutes away. And then the driver showed up like two minutes before they were due to turn up from that timing. So it's nice to have such a good, reliable service. So thanks for that, I suppose. Fun, funny enough, that's pretty much the exact opposite of what I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> oh, God, yours will be more fun. Well, uh, I don't know. That, but I've had uh, three or four experiences in the last month of online ordering just going south horrendously. Um, and I... Like, I don't know if it just, just feels like standards are slipping with this sort of thing. Just like general kind of customer service, what 
is expected is just not what it was. Um, and it's a combination of big companies and small. Um, but I've had an order for a Secret Santa gift um, apparently lost in transit. Um, you have email dialogue about this. We'll get a replacement order. And then they just go, they just ghost me. Um, so I'm, ha I'm having to go back through a car company to get money back for that. Um, I've got an order for some 2022 photo calendars from Photobox. They're pretty big. Um, I'm being ghosted by them. Um, delivery was out for delivery about a week ago. Eventually, it was supposedly delivered. This, yeah, 2022 calendars. This is 11th of January. Um, it was supposedly delivered on Sunday night at half past 11, um, according to the tracking. <laughs> was it bollocks? Um, but nothing. Like, can't can't get hold of them. Um, it, it just, I, I don't know if you're struggling because of COVID or you're short staffed, reply and say that, say we're, we're struggling. Um, give us, give us a bit of patience. I could live with that, but just not, just unable to get hold of companies, no customer service whatsoever. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, that was a bit boring. I thought that would be more entertaining. to abandon me about my fuel prices. <laughs> Are you having a fucking laugh? <laughs> 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 on the subject of going out of touch with people, I should say what I had delivered was a Nintendo Switch and Breath of the Wild. So if I disappear off the face of the earth, oh my wife. Okay. <laughs> um, lo lots of lots of humble bragging going on. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, 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 standards just don't seem to be there. So you're going to go back to it? Are we are we right in saying that we've heard just about enough from everybody? I think I think we probably are. Definitely have. We've done enough. <laughs> I'll be honest, um, I'm tireder now than I was at twenty past five on sun on Monday morning when the uh, Chargers game finally finished. That's quite an effort, um, if for not for not your own team and on a school night. Um, have to respect that. Um, getting too old for it, right? Um, that yeah, as I say, more than enough. Um, it's been a pleasure as always, chaps. Um, we'll do it again. We'll talk about some more player football next week, I guess. Um, but enjoy six games. Six games, don't have to worry about it. That's great. Can't wait. Go well. I'm just sad that we didn't mention the uh, Giants for a callback sneak on third down. <laughs> of course, the Giants picked the moment between finishing recording and publishing to announce the sacking of Joe Judge, which probably renders half of what we said irrelevant. But, you know, it's all staying in. So what are you going to do?